Well, welcome to the Frankincense Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Benavides. And I am your other host, Jared St. Martin Brown, calling in remote. And sometimes when we when we uh, Zoom chat like this, Bobby, because um, I'm in rural West Virginia and, well, you, you're in slightly less rural West Virginia, <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a delay. And now I'm told that uh, when people go and colonize Mars, that there will be a 17-minute delay when we communicate with them uh, by radio or whatever kind of, um, you know, radio wave means we have to communicate with them. And I'm like, that's great because there's like maybe a 16-minute delay just in West Virginia. So Yeah, we're, we're prepared you know. for it. It's almost like we're already in Mars. We're, so we're on Mars. That's cool. Yeah, it's like West Virginia is slightly closer than Mars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Sad but hilarious. Um, yeah. Well, man, um, it's great to be back on with you this morning or this evening. I don't know why I said because I'm drinking yeah. coffee right now, like it's whatever. But, um, but yeah. I'm glad to be on. And there's been a lot that's been happening, and we're going to be talking about a specific piece of it. Um, yeah. So let's we've we've actually talked about this topic before. We've spoken about this um, in regards. Yeah, to Yeah, I have no this, recollection um, of that. It's uh, it's as if that was I have deleted it from my brain. I I canceled the entire conversation. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, funny, because that's what we're talking about. Cancel culture. Okay. Right? So we had um, we have had this week, um, a weird thing that's kind of come about in the sense of uh, yeah. Dr. Dr. Seuss's books, um, six of them, not not all of them, okay. six of them being removed from the shelves by his um, I don't know. It's, it's his estate, his. Yeah, organization. His I don't know. I actually didn't even read up on this. But what I did was I read the information by, uh, I happen to know a lot of librarians. Uh, do you know why? I'm a school teacher. And so, and they are information um, resource people. And anyway, I know a lot of librarians put it that way. So, yeah. and um, I just, uh, they, this was something they wanted to speak about today. And uh, um, I think that, um, Maybe it's uh, been misconstrued. We'll we'll start there. <laughs> but, okay. You know, you know. Uh, according to the librarians, it's been misconstrued. It was. It was. Uh, the story is uh, when you get to the the core of it um, that he was all he himself, Theodore Geisel, aka Doctor Seuss, uh, was embarrassed about some of his early works. And well, aren't many of us embarrassed by their early work? you know by our early works i mean you know you do you do stand up comedy and uh, i don't know if you look at some of your old stuff and go that's not funny anymore um but yeah. uh <laughs> i do remember i was just listening to uh i forget why but i was listening to sarah silverman she was talking to some other comedians um in an interview and she said yeah there's some stuff that's really cringy from you know 10 years ago like uh, somebody asked her if she was going to celebrate the 10 year anniversary of Jesus's magic and she says no I'm not doing that cuz I don't like any of it it's not that it wasn't good uh it's just that she doesn't think the same way anymore so she looks back on her early career and she cringes and she says if you don't look back at what you did 10 15 years ago and cringe then maybe you're not growing mm. and i think there was just a situation where Dr. Seuss as he grew as a person you know, and you can really see in Dr. Seuss's later stuff, like Butter Battle Book and things like that, that there is a political awakening with this guy, yeah. philosophical, like the Lorax. I mean, it's undeniable, right? 
And, um, you know, I think he, I think he probably looked back on some of his earlier stuff and just cringed about some of it. Um, you know, probably Dr. Seuss, you know, for lack of a better term, kind of got woke, you know, (laughs) and, and so he, he didn't like it. And so this is what the librarians are telling me. This is what they're writing about. And so they just decided to, I don't know, maybe not publish some of it or, you know, not endorse it anymore. And, Listen, there's already a million copies of all the books out there. They're not going to disappear anytime soon. I mean, I I have them in my house, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have I think I own 3 of the books in question and Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it, oh, by the way, I've participated uh thrice now in uh, a Dr. Seuss musical that contains lyrics that contains words from those books as Broadway song lyrics. Okay. And, and I I would do that play again. You know, I mean it's it's a big part of my life. So it's a big part of everyone's life. But I don't know. Yeah. People are saying he's not canceled, that it's being like a kind of rewritten into a story about look at these crazy libs canceling more people, even Dr. Seuss, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's and, and so we're gonna talk about that a little bit. Um All right. also talk about the Mandalorians cancel or the Yeah. I guess you could say the Mandalorians canceling of Gina Carano um I okay. believe I'm saying her name correctly as a uh, her character in the Mandalorian but one and we're going to talk about other things that have been canceled but but I also yeah. want to kind of in a sense again because our our podcast is about Christian culture you know culture and Christianity how do we discuss how do they intermingle a little bit and how do we as a as a church talk about these things um and when we think about cancel culture um, I hate to say this, but it's the truth. The church kind of started it, man. Um, and yeah, so, well, we <laughs> used to call it, uh, I think Phil Vischer said we called it, we used to call it excommunication. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. I didn't see that, but that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, and so if you don't know who Phil Vischer is, uh, our listeners, uh, you probably do. Uh, he is Bob the Tomato, uh, creator of Veggie Tales and he does just a lovely podcast and crazily um, you and I have a lot in common um, with uh, Bob the tomato, you know, <laughs> at least, yeah. uh, you know, uh, as far as our religious beliefs and maybe political um, opinions go, they're very similar. So I just like that. I just call that, uh, I don't know, uh, being a conscientious Christian, I guess, if I dare say that. I don't think so. Yeah. All right. Well, so it's it's really engaging with with what's happening because I think mm-hmm. we have to remember, like, I mean, really, the church has been happening, been been canceling people and things for quite some time. Actually, way before even the church was necessarily called the church. Um, or I mean, really, but if you want to even go to like, I mean, even in um, I believe it's in Galatians, maybe that Paul um, talks about in a way, almost canceling Peter, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it was like Peter Peter was doing some things that he didn't agree with. And then he was like, you know what? Fine, I want you out. And then he kind of even told the church, like, hey, don't talk to this guy. Like, we don't yeah. like, we don't want him involved. And then it was like, actually, you know what? We're going to go ahead and fix this. We're going to be okay now. Yeah. Um, but but it, but the reality is, is like, this has kind of been going along. But, you know, yeah. what, what we're seeing with Dr. Her. Seuss especially and with, you know, Gina Cronin, we're going to go to a couple others, but like Dr. Seuss, as you said, He's not canceled, right? They didn't. They no. didn't take away all of his books. They didn't take away all of his things. They just said, "Hey, look, 
you like there's some stuff in six of these books that we see as being a little bit um, hurtful and can cause some cause some damage. And you know what? We want to go ahead and, and take a proper step forward. It's 2021. Some of this terminology shouldn't be happening anymore. Yeah. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and take it away. Right. Let's just go ahead and say, like, look, we're we're going to keep them in a vault like where it's all. Mm. he does with a lot of the movies you know and we're just gonna say hey look like they're just not gonna be they're just not gonna be produced anymore yeah i actually which i by the way feel that um many um i guess things that are meant for children uh or meant for like uh general audiences uh have been sort of edited down in that way and i've had mixed feelings about it over the years um but um on the whole it's been a, a pretty good thing um i guess specifically what i'm talking about uh are disney cartoons and uh looney tunes you know um all of those have questionable content stuff that you know made sense to i think maybe when you know white supremacy was obviously like the order of the day i'm talking about the the you know when when you know, in a, in a world of early 20th century America, when film was new, when animation was new, when cartoons were a thing that people could see, segregation was still a huge way of life. And Americans very much thought in terms of like um, racial and ethnic and national stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And it's in it's in everything then that was meant to be funny. And, and I don't mean to suggest that these cartoons were meant for children. They, they really were meant for adults. You know, um, Looney Tunes was meant for adults, Popeye the Sailor Man, um, you know, certain Disney cartoons. Um, I, and some stuff, not just race, but cigarettes and drinking and certain types of violence have been sort of cut out over the years. And I'm not just talking like cartoonish, like, Tom and Jerry, uh, I love when Tom gets his tail cut off or something, you know, or hit hit on the foot, hit on the foot with a hammer or something. I still find that hilarious. You can still see that. But what I'm talking about is you can watch an old Mickey Mouse cartoon where, you know, he walks into a bar and he drinks a beer and smokes a cigarette, you know, mm-hmm. and that's been cut because we just in our culture now, it, it doesn't make sense anymore. It used to make sense. People used to feel like tobacco was just harmless. If a mouse drank a beer. Uh, in a saloon, people thought, oh, that's funny. Look at that. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. But that was that was the culture then. I'm not saying it was good. I'm just saying that's what it was. And then for them to throw in, you know, like crude ethnic stereotypes or sort of like minstrel show parodies, um, America was just so ate up with its racial caste system that that almost didn't even register on the radar of this is wrong. That just felt weirdly like everyday life to people you know when you know you're living in a country where you know probably every member of your family is is a white supremacist and you don't even realize it you know that just seems you know normal that we're gonna make fun of some somebody else you know in a cartoon you know right yeah and and so again like and this is what i've kind of i've been my kids a little, um, a little because they were like because there was a we watched a Disney cartoon um, and there was a, a thing in the beginning saying hey some of the stuff in here is going to have some some stereotypes yeah. and some things that were used that are just not necessarily okay but and like what does this say daddy and I'm like well we'll talk about that and they're like well I don't get it and I was like well back in the day like you know 40 50 years ago um, you know like 
the thing like i mean it wasn't like a long time ago it was like i mean that's what the, that's the thing it was like you know it was a it was, it was just 40 50 years ago that um you know unfortunately that there were just people who you know that at that time this was acceptable this is something that this is language that was used this is description that was okay this is what people were it was acceptable and it was and it was not really judged necessarily yeah. but in the progression of humanity we start to realize wow this stuff is not necessarily healthy it's not necessarily healthy for other people to consume but we're going to go ahead and let people know like look this is what it was we're not going to take away from the history of the cartoon we're not going to take yeah. away from but we're going to let you know that we don't necessarily um, subscribe to what this is um, this is promoting or this is saying in this in this cartoon necessarily. And they're like, wow, okay, this is pretty interesting. Yeah, I think I, I want to still say I, I love how you put that to your kids. I think that's just such a, a great way to put it. I think I probably had that similar conversation uh, with my two oldest, but I was a, a lot more crass about it. I was just like, listen, you know, it, America was more racist back then. <laughs> well. Yeah, I, I think I can. If, if my kids were just a little bit older, I'd probably use those words. But I was just like, oh, okay, I'm yeah. trying to. Yeah. There is an, let's just tell but her. No, I, no, there there no. is a significant age difference there. I'm talking about, I have like young teenagers right now. <laughs> um, so. But the but the thing about it is, it's like we have to realize, and, and this is what I was talking to some people about recently, is that, yeah. you know, there's a progression of humanity, right? All through, like we see that through scripture. Like, and I think really that's kind of what we see in scripture about, about the human race is that, okay, we're made, we mess yeah. up, there's murder, there's wars, there's hatred, oh. there's separation, there's all this stuff. And then all of yeah. a sudden Jesus comes and then he's like, look, okay, great. Now you can understand what I'm talking about in regards to peacemaking, in regards to love and compassion and mercy, because yeah. your mind is now in a right place to where you can grasp this. So let's talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. And it's like a progression of humanity that God has allowed to happen. And so gradually throughout society or throughout um, throughout history we see society changing we see humanity progressing and realizing maybe we shouldn't be this way maybe we need to be acting differently maybe we should be loving each other more maybe we shouldn't be saying certain things about people and it's a progression I'm not saying it's all gone it's just that pro progressively we are seeing people shift in their mindset and understanding of what it looks like to really be in community really being uh, loving to our neighbor uh, mm. really being united in a sense and so so what's happening with dr seuss is not a cancellation it's us saying that's a progression of humanity saying we don't okay. need this anymore but now we can jump to gina carano um who was canceled quote unquote um by disney uh, okay. for her role in the mandalorian now if you you know who she is if you don't that's okay but Gina Carano is a character that I think everybody, the actress that everybody knows was, was let go of. Um, yeah, because if, by the way, if you like that series as I do, uh, she really stood out, you know, in that, that episode, I can't remember if she's in one or two, but the story arc that she's in really stood out. And I didn't know who the actress was, but I was a little bit like, oh my gosh, who is this person, you know? And, yeah. uh, you know, wasn't she like a former UFC fighter? So, or, or current UFC fighters? That, yeah. yeah. So whoever whoever she is, I mean, she definitely is like a shining star in that episode. And she's somebody that you're hoping will be a recurring character. I personally am disappointed to find that she will not be. Yeah, I think um, 
I think it's unfortunate that she's that that she's not going to be in that role anymore. I think that um, you know, because she, like you said, she had a very prominent role in the sense, even though she wasn't in very many episodes, every episode she was in, it was strong and she had a great character. But yeah. the problem was, she was um, speaking against you know the political in the political climate. Yeah. Making some making some comparisons that were not very healthy, right? Um, in regards to the Holocaust, in regards to yeah. you know, and now I'm not gonna go into her comments, but right. what I'm gonna go into though is that she was warned <laughs> about her comments. Okay. Um, you know, and so she was told, like, look, can you please just don't speak like that? Like just stop okay. talking like that, especially if you're under contract with us, stop talking like that. Okay. And by by her by her employer, which was like a Disney, Disney or like things. agents of Disney. So some people think that that's part of some kind of liberal conspiracy or something, or you know, Jewish conspiracy or something, you know. And um, you know, I'm, listen, I've read it all. I'm just telling you what people on the internet say. And um, I got to tell you, I, I you know, just being a school teacher, I tell you, if I'm making comments like that on Twitter, um, I could I could definitely see. Where you know my employer might say, "Hey, uh, that's that's something, dude. <laughs> like, you know, you want to think about that being a, a school teacher, and you're not, uh, you know, you're not maybe representing, you know, all people and all of our students wisely, you, you know." So, and and so that that warning was given to her, and then she went ahead and continued. And people said, "Well, what yeah. about um, the character that plays?" The Mandalorian. Um, I can't remember his name offhand. Pablo something. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, like he plays that role. Uh, he made some comments, and but he was warned and he stopped. She comes on and she continues to post things and say things. Yeah. And so after the warnings, they finally say, "Yeah, hey, we gotta let you, you know, because this is not who this is not who we we are. We we represent all people. We're trying to." You know, this is this is just not our franchise. And so, if you want to keep speaking like that, yeah. do it. But just do it. Just do it under your own personal thing, not connected to us, because mm-hmm. that's not going to look good. And so, like you said, this is where people say, "Oh, look at cancel culture." No, just look at an employer being an employer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like this is yeah. Like, it is, especially when you're, especially when your employer is in the business of trying to create wholesome family entertainment. I realize it's not always wholesome, but you know, they really try hard with that brand. I mean, they have for a long time, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and, and yeah, they've, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a sordid history there with, you know, uh, racist stuff made in the past and problematic things like existing into the 21st century. but. With this whole Disney Plus thing and them trying to reach an audience that's like, I'm going to say probably in their minds is like worldwide, every person, you know, Um, it's Mm -hmm. I actually want to say if you want to think about Disney, not just as like an American English speaking thing, let's consider the fact that Disney stuff has been translated into every language. So they're thinking like, not only like, how can we make this okay for Americans or for children? They're thinking like, how can we make this appeal to people in Asia? How can we make this appeal to people in South America? Their market is like literally everyone, you know? Right. There you go. Yeah. And so now we're going to take that. Now we're going to go to that step because I think that's the problem, right? Is that America, Americans yeah. 
have a problem with cancel culture when they think of it only as it hitting us. Right. right? It's, yeah. it's like, well, how dare you take away my history, my stuff? And we don't think about the different cultures that are in our society. Right. We don't think about the different people who we are influencing. And so when we are a country that's trying to say that we are welcoming to all people and that we are a place of freedom and liberty and that we want to make sure that like everybody knows that we are we want to be connected with them, mm-hmm. but yet we continue to allow injury or words that are tearing tearing down subcultures or or mm-hmm. ethnicities or you know it's like we we have to be wise about this and realize like look yeah. there's there's a progression that has to occur, and what I was starting to watch people say, and what I saw a lot of people say is you know, this is, this is the liberal agenda going against the conservative thinking. Now, first yeah. off, Dr. Dr. Seuss wasn't conservative. Like he, he actually, like, I mean, no. I think he was actually you know, on a different, a different spectrum from what I understand. Um, yeah. And, and so, you know, when you think of that, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, so no, that's not the, the liberal voice speaking out against conservatism, it's conservative voices. When you have a Gina Carano being re- released, that's not a liberal agenda speaking out a conservative, conservative voice. That is a, a voice saying, think about the words you say because it's going to cause damage in the long run. And if you want to cause damage, yeah. then, you gotta, then you're going to have consequences. And we can go on and on of all the people who have been quote unquote canceled because of hurtful things. When you have um, a Bill Cosby, as we spoke about, I think last week we spoke about Bill Cosby, who, you know, yeah, yeah, he he's been canceled for by for everyone, right. yeah, by, yeah, yeah, rightly so. Like, as you're, I can tell you, you're about to say, yeah, he, <laughs> he he really should be, but that one hasn't. Politics hasn't mattered in that one. You're conservative, you're liberal. I guarantee you, you're not showing your kids reruns of the Cosby Show. You're not introducing them to Fat Albert. I saw somebody posted a meme the other day. It was a picture of Fat Albert and Bill, the cartoons, and it said, mm-hmm. "I'm gonna tell my kids. I'm gonna tell my kids this is Biggie and Tupac." There you go, right? And so, like, it's it's the idea that we there are certain things that we can wrap our minds around and say, yeah, these people should be canceled when they've done things that are heinous crimes and, um, and have caused a lot of damage in this world. Uh, Harvey Weinstein, right. You, you think of him as like, oh, yeah. he, like he's, he's out. Um, yeah. And then, but then you go to, okay, when you look at these things, you start weighing them out. It's like, why it's because there are certain things that are elevated to say like, look, we as a society just cannot accept these kind of things to happen because of what, because what kind of message it sends. And as Christians, we should be aware of the fact that our, we, I mean, we've spoken about this before, but again, our words hold weight. In mm-hmm. James, it talks about how our, our tongues can set fires. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and so if we are, if we're saying things that are hurtful, and yeah. damage, then then we're not really speaking what Jesus would want us to be speaking no. in this world anyway. And and this this pride about I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say, and if y'all get offended, that's my First Amendment rights. Yo, uh, I'm Christian. That's not Christian, actually. Now, there when when Christians should offend people is when you're speaking the words of Jesus, and that offends people. 
that's when Christians should offend people. If you're, um, if you're, you know, preaching the word and people find that offensive, then that's, that's persecution. That's rightly so. But I mean, if you're making dumb jokes on the internet, you know, not speaking with salt and light and that offends people, I'm sorry, man, you're wrong. And for you to like, say, no, I can say what I want to say because freedom America F yeah. You know, that is actually, that is actually not Christian. And, you know, all the Christian mentors I had really growing up uh, and into my young adulthood uh, were, were basically conservative thinkers, you know, um, mm -hmm. a mentor that I had uh, when I was in my twenties, when I was in my late teens into my twenties, and he would, we would meet and study the Bible one-on-one. -on -one. You know, this guy's name was Zeddy. He was a retired Navy officer. I mean, pretty conservative, you know? And he got on me a couple of times because I had said some things that offended people, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and it had gotten back to him. What I said was inappropriate, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and he said, and he said, uh, you know, you need to apologize for that. And I said, well, you know, why should I apologize if, if they get offended? And he said, listen, if I knew that I offended somebody as a Christian, I would prostrate myself before them to restore that relationship because that is what is the most important. And, you know, as he's saying that, I'm learning that love for another person in brotherly, sisterly, Christian love, Christ-like love is so much more important than me having my stupid rights yeah and there was also um recently that country singer um who has been technically quote-unquote canceled right i keep saying quote-unquote because the thing is it's like yeah canceled, yeah canceled to me means completely taking people out of the scene like they're not allowed mm -hmm. back in like they're gone yeah this guy still has music out there people are still able yeah. to buy it it's like it, whatever exactly it's not it's not like you got whacked in a mafia movie <laughs> You know, right, right. It's like he's not necessarily canceled. It's like, yeah, he, he got drunk and he said uh, he said a racial slur and and people want to say, well, he was just drunk. He spoke. But again, from a Christian perspective, I see a lot of Christians defending this guy. Yeah. From perspective, out of our like when like when we are drunk, when things come out of our mouths, like from our heart, like our mouth speaks. <laughs> and, and so. Yeah. When when we are speaking, whatever whatever role, like I mean, I'll be honest, I've I've been tipsy in the past, right? But I know that I've never said anything racially insensitive or hateful to people. Mm -hmm. You know, I've actually I've actually like told I'm a really nice person when that's it's like, it, but it's like okay, I don't really I, yeah. whatever, you know. But the thing is, it's like yeah, I'm not promoting that. I'm just saying this has happened. No, um, but that that's how it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is real talk, dude. This is real yeah. talk, frank, frank real talk. and sense. Um, so, but when when we when we think about this, like when we are speaking words that are causing hurtful, like ap apologize, own it. Don't don't mm -hmm. don't double down. Don't be like, well, oh, here's my excuse for why it happened. It's like, yeah. look, I was dumb. Word, I didn't mean it. Like this is what happened, and and then it's like, okay, but it, and but at the same time, it's like. What are you going to do then to fix that? You know, are you going to start, are you going to seek some counseling to understand why that word should not be used by you, especially? Why that's in there. Um, yeah. I actually, when I think of that, I, I think of um, Michael Richards, you know, and that, that, hmm. that famous meltdown he had and what he went to, what he went to was yelling racial slurs, uh, I guess at some people 
who came in late and annoyed him and were loud and like uh, he felt like was interrupting the flow of his like comedy set at a stand up comedy gig. I don't really see the whole tape, you know, what you get or like the soundbite of him yelling racial slurs at people. But the deal is there is something in there, you know, and he said, I need to get some help to figure out why I said what I said, because I don't want to say that. I don't want to think that, you know. And that's when he was like really broken and, you know, we basically knew he was getting canceled before that was the buzzword, you know, yeah. and this was so many years ago. And I, I actually have thought about this a lot since that happened to him. And, you know, um, lately I've heard um, some people talking um, just like in interviews of, you know, maybe like um, people, people of color talking about race, you know. And um, the whole idea of why sometimes, actually, I'll tell you where this came from. Uh, you're never going to believe this. I was listening to a conversation between, are you ready for this? Yes. Because I say this podcast, we're never going to get listeners again. They're just going to quit this podcast and go listen. We're going to get canceled. We're getting canceled. Here's, here's what this podcast is. Are you ready? It's called Renegades. Do you know who talks on Renegades? It's Barack Obama oh, and Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Have you heard this? We're done. We're done. We're done. There's a podcast of Barack Obama yeah, and Bruce Springsteen. The only thing we got on them is maybe they don't talk about Christian stuff. Um, but uh, what they were talking about was race in America. And they had both sort of were talking about and Barack Obama was talking about when he played basketball um, as a kid. And he really ticked off a kid, another kid, a white kid, you know. And the white kid realized that he just got beaten basketball and he was actually like Barack's friend when they were teenagers and he just didn't know what to do. He was so embarrassed that he just yelled a racial slur at Barack and he, I'm calling him Barack because he was a teenager then. Seems weird to call him, you know, President Obama, you know, (laughs) I'm talking about, he was like 16 when this happened. Um, But anyway, so uh, Barack Obama punches the guy and breaks his nose, uh, but they had been friends up to that point. Uh, And then they get into a fight on the bat. And he's like, why did he say what he said? And in this conversation with Bruce Springsteen, they kind of draw this conclusion of, you know, here's the thing. Um, You know, white people are kind of steeped in this sort of idea of like, I'm better than somebody who isn't white. So it's like, I'm uh, at least what, if if all else fails, if I can't be better than you in basketball, in jobs, in art, in politics, then what I've got at the bottom of it is that maybe I can believe that my race is better than your race. And at the end of the day, um, if you beat me in all other ways, maybe I'm still better than you racially. Mm-hmm. So those racial slurs are in there. And I, I do think maybe what if Michael Richards grew up in that culture and that was like buried in there and it came out at that point. It's like, oh, if you really want to prostrate yourself before somebody and you said something offensive to somebody or look down on them, that's what you got to do. You got to look in there and you'd be like, I got these like evil beliefs that are in there. And if I'm really going to fix it and make it right, I'm going to go to the core of what that is. Even if that's in therapy, if that's praying with my pastor, you know, um, yeah. if that's just like asking God what we, you know, here's how we, we reconcile is we pray Psalm 139 
God find any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. We should be, I know I told a big, long circular story, but I'm coming back to this idea of, you know, we're asking God to get rid of the offensive ways in us. Therefore, we shouldn't be walking around going, listen, if I offend you, okay, that's not my fault because I got rights, you know, that's not mm-hmm. a Christian. Man. No, it's not. And, you know, and again, so let's now, now we're going to bring a full circle to the church, right? When we are responding, when we respond correctly, we seek to change, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because ultimately that's, that's the reality of who we are as human beings. We are not meant to stay the same. We are, we've never been meant to stay that way. I said on this podcast, I know I've preached it, is that God is the only one who has the right to use the words, I am who I am. Yeah. We do not have that. We don't own that title. God does. He's the great I am. We are not. So yeah. that means that we are the we are the ones that have to because I am who I am, only is God, we have to change. So when we think about changing, we have to be willing to change. We have to be willing to and, and see the things inside of us that have to shift. Just like what you just said, right? Like search me, oh God, like change me, move in my heart, move in my spirit, make me experience something different. Let me see who you want me to be. Let me see people as you see them, because that is how we're going to, that's how we're going to transform. Mm-hmm. The problem is when the church has kind of set, set us, really set ourselves up to be a place of where um, we don't allow for people to change. We don't allow for that grace in there. It's like, once you have a, once you have an idea or once you are a certain way, it's like, you, like you're always going to be that way in the eyes of the church. When we think of um, when you think of um, like what happened in the eighties, right? When you think about yeah. music, like mm-hmm. the eighties and the music wise, it's like you have uh, the the parental advisory stickers being placed on rap music, yeah. And a lot of that had to do with content, like the 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 um the gosh, what's my gosh, my mind just went blank on the word, but the um. The people who are basically the conservatives, holy cow, the conservative people oh, who yeah, are yeah, like, yeah. like mm-hmm. oh my gosh, they're saying cuss words. Oh my gosh, they're saying things, parental advisory. And then you have the churches say, we need to burn this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You can go back to Jerry Lee Lewis, right? When he's, when he's saying great balls of fire, his, his, his cousin was, um, isn't Jerry Falwell? Or was his cousin, um, who was his cousin? His cousin a church leader um i can't remember who his cousin was um okay one of one of one of the one of the um church leaders that ended up having like a like a fallout anyway so it was like but he was a holier than thou preacher but basically he preached against jerry lee lewis he preached against his own cousin because he was singing um yeah. he was singing black people music that's how right. rock and roll said, right it's like oh. like you yeah. know, rock and roll you're singing you're, you're you're the devil's music all that stuff and so he 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 made a big deal about it you go all the way through through and you can find times where people were burning cds burning books telling people don't watch twilight don't watch harry potter oh cancel, man cancel yeah. that stuff out cancel I it all out got uh my church somehow got the local video store to ban a movie called the last temptation of christ because yeah yeah they, we, they believe that the depictions of christ were and just to show you how brainwashing and programming can last forever i still haven't seen that movie because uh someone told me when i was six years old that it was evil well because i'm rebellious yeah 
You've seen told it? That it was horrible to watch too. I've seen it and it really okay. actually has a great message to it, but oh, that's a whole okay. other thing. All right. It's really, it, 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 yeah, it's a great message. Don't watch it with your kids, uh, but um, but it's actually a really great message of Jesus having a decision. Like he's on the cross. He could either say, like he, or, um, like he's basically making the decision of, do I do I die, or do I go ahead and get down from here, apologize, and then live my life as a normal human being, like, yeah, in a relationship with Mary Magdalene, you know, all this stuff. Well, was it, wasn't that wasn't that actually the dilemma that he voiced in the Garden of Gethsemane? Like, do you not know that I could call twelve legions of angels? Yeah, no, like, and then the song. I remember people singing the song in church, like very beautiful. He could have called 10,000. It changed 12,000 to 10,000, I think, because musically it worked better. But, you know, um, with, with, the, with the, the pronunciation or something. But the song goes, he could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set him free. So, so it's kind of yeah, a, I mean, an irony for me that the, that the church that actually opposed bringing in the movie, The Last Temptation of Christ, actually would sing a song and basically preach that same message. <laughs> yeah. Well, the biggest problem was the idea of relationship and living uh, living a lifestyle that would have been considered sinful, you know. Okay. But, okay. But, the, but, the, but ultimately, I mean, ultimately, he, I mean, you know, spoiler alert, uh, you know, he still goes to the cross and dies. Um, and 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 basically, it's like he chose, he he made the right decision, you know. But the the thing about it is, is like our churches have been canceling things out for a long time. We've been boycotting, we've been excommunicating, we've been doing all that yeah. stuff. When, I mean, we spoke about it when we talked about um, Lauren Daigle going on to Ellen and being canceled by Christian because she didn't yeah. speak up against um, homosexuality and, you know, all this stuff that's happened. And Lecrae is being canceled right now yeah. by, by the church because he, he stood up for, for a political movement that, that wasn't conservative. Yeah. Yeah. People think that he's gone over to the dark side because, you know, he's talking about, you know, racism, like it's a bad thing. Yeah. Like, or that it's just, that's just the thing at all, you know? And I don't know, you, you know, you know, rap better than I do. I think his new album's great. I mean, mm -hmm. I think I, I listen to it uh, quite a bit, uh, play it for my children, but apparently this has been deemed like, you know, too political by a large part of his audience, you know, which is, you know, conservative white churches. So, yeah. Well, once he's saying welcome to America, where he talked about like all the different elements of America that are not necessarily healthy in regards to how we treat our veterans, how right. we're able to, how we're able to use the clothes from, from kids in foreign countries, making them, but then we won't welcome them in our country. Um, right how we have moms who are basically having to to do all these like you know prostitution and all this other stuff in order yeah. to feed their kids but yet we're going to judge them for for doing it you know it's like we have all these things well so the reality of it is like and and this is the point that I want to get to is that when we talk about cancel culture and from a conservative perspective we have to realize that conservatives have been canceling people for quite some time and now things are starting to kind of shift and liberals are starting to you know i'm gonna use yeah. the conservative liberal terminology and the liberals are starting to cancel and the conservatives are like wait a second that's our gig you know yeah. and i think they're upset because like their gig has been stolen no we're well, the ones who are supposed to be canceling not just their gig uh the the power okay you know it's sort of like pow power is i can be i can do something that you can't do Okay. Mm -hmm. that, that's what, that's what, that's what money gets you. Money gets you the ability to do stuff that people without the money can't do, you know, um, that's, that's power. Right. So, 
you know, if, if, you know, I've been canceling people all along, you know, I've been saying like what the morals, moral values are that, that are accepted around here. And now all of a sudden you're going to take that and you're going to say it. It's like, you're saying like, you have the power and I don't. So I feel like it's a, it's a feeling of like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I know it's literally like we've had a gun this whole time and somebody has taken the gun away from us and it has pointed it back at us. And we go, oh snap. Hey, that's wrong to point mm-hmm. a gun at someone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that is a great analogy. And I think, and I, so what we have to come to realize is like cancel culture is going to be a thing. It, and I think it's only become, it's only received a title recently. So it's like, you know, we've, like I said, we've, we've always called it boycotting or as uh, Phil Fisher yeah. said, um, we've called it excommunication. We've pushed people out. We've, we've shunned things. We've, we've knocked people out. And, and that has been what has, uh, has moved us along in the church. And now again, we have to own that. We have to say, look, what have we, what have we, what have we created in this? Because when we have been telling people, you're out because you look a certain way, you're out because you, you um, believe a certain thing, or because you listen to certain music, or because you dress a certain way, or because you do this for a job. We have been, we have been doing that for so long. We now have to swallow it and say, maybe we haven't been doing this really well. Because the thing is, by doing those things, we have actually been going against the gospel the entire time, mm, which yeah. cracks me up. It's like we, we, right. we, as the church, have been canceling people out and canceling yeah. things out. And Jesus never once chose to cancel people out. He, he, would, he would call out the religious leaders who thought that they were better than everybody else, but never once did he cancel anyone out. When he saw Zacchaeus in the tree, he brought him down and he ate with him. And they said, why is he eating with sinners? Because yeah. I'm not going to cancel that guy out just because you guys think he's not good. I'm not canceling him out because that's not what I'm teaching. I teach that I'm going to allow people to sit at the table, whether or not they're, they're good people. I'm still going to let them sit at the table. Why? Because I want them to know who I am, whether yeah. or not, they, not they, they, they treat people correctly, whether or not. Because then what ultimately happened was Zacchaeus changed and said, I'm going to actually pay people back. But I took from him, like, like yeah. he he realized like, I messed up. But I, that was Jesus saying only yeah. because Jesus sat with him and loved him. I love the way you're looking at this. It's you like know, it's like Jesus and, going right. and getting those people who were canceled, and then after he gets them like into his fold, you know, uh, like some of his disciples, you know, he's like, I went to you. You were a canceled person, you know. You were. Then he goes and gets someone that they would have canceled and brings them in you know so it's like oh i'm bringing in a poor person i'm bringing in uh, a former prostitute i'm bringing in a tax collector you know and people's heads had to be blowing up can you can you imagine the thought process though like just think about this jairus right the Mm, centurion leader he goes and helps his daughter raises her from the dead right yeah. Just imagine this now. This is a Roman soldier leader who ultimately was there, most likely, watching Jesus being killed by probably some of his people that that he was in charge of. Because, yeah. because, like, wow. I mean, I mean there, there's a possibility, right? I, I don't know for sure. I'm just saying, like. Just no, the Romans that. were very. The Romans were so militaristic. I mean, it is possible that the centurion had people who had done violence against Jesus's people, the Jewish people. And so, 
this guy who Jesus took part in healing his daughter, rescuing his daughter, lifting her from the dead. Yeah. Had to sit back and watch this occur. Now, again, this is where you would say, well, wouldn't that have been the guy that Jesus would have canceled out? Like Jesus would have been like, look, you're going to, your people are going to turn against me. Your soldiers are going to be the ones that stab me in the side. Your soldiers like bartering for my stuff. Your soldiers, your people are going to be the ones that are going to be sending, like guiding me to the cross and actually even flogging me. Your people are going to be the ones who are going to be spitting on me as I'm trying to walk up carrying this cross. Your people. But yet he never canceled them out. He raised his daughter from the dead. He actually said, I am not going to cancel you because of what your people are going to do. Wow. I'm actually still going to love you enough to raise your daughter from the dead. And this is where I think we have to get to as a people, as a Mm -hmm. Christian people, is that we have to start seeing people in the eyes of Jesus, where it's like, whether they're going to do something good or not, whether or not they're going to be doing something that's going to end up bringing us down or taking away our rights, you know, whatever, we still need to look at them and, and love them and not cancel them out. Be here to rescue them when they need rescued. Be here to, to, to save them when they need saved. Be here to, to pray over their daughter when they're sick, to pray wow. over them when they're sick. Because the thing is, once we start saying, look at these liberals, you've, yeah. now, you've now created a barrier where you cannot pray for them. And they're not going to, I mean, like, well, you can pray for them, but they're not going to listen to you. They're not going to accept your prayers. They're not going to accept your, your love. Why? Because you've labeled them and you've pushed them aside and you've canceled them yourself. Wow. If you and so so if you're willing to cancel out people because they're on a different side than you, then you're no better. You're no better than the world that's canceling other things out. Mm. Just because you claim Christ, I'll be honest with you. If you claim Christ and you're canceling people out, I'm not sure if you understand who Jesus is. No, yeah, I think you're right about that. You know, Whew. I mean that's such a powerful word. You know, and. I don't know, for me, the most the most extreme example, uh, you know, that I could think of is Bill Cosby. And it's like, man, is, is there not a Christian like in his circle right now that could be like, you know, Bill, God's giving you one last chance to repent of this before it's all over, you know? Yeah. I mean, and even if Bill doesn't. Yeah. We still have a, we still should be loving him. Yeah. What do you mean? Like, and isn't that so hard to even think about though? It is. And, like, and this guy and did some, also, this guy did some crazy things. Yeah. And also like loving the victims too. It's, it's an amazing place where you're, um, because you know, as a Christian, you are to love the oppressed, uh, which would be like Bill Cosby's victims in this case, but you are also to love your enemy, um, which in this case he would be the enemy. So, yeah. Yeah. You know. And praying for both parties and loving both parties and being being active and hopefully pointing to the good news of Jesus and it, yeah. for both parties. But the problem is, is that we've created so many walls and so many barriers the church has that if we aren't careful, we won't be able to 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 share the good news with the nations the way that we're called in Matthew twenty eight. Right? We're, we're, because the thing is, that when, when he's given us the great commission, we're supposed to go to all nations, all people sharing the good news, sharing the gospel, making disciples, baptizing. But if we're yeah. allowing ourselves to say, you know what, people can say whatever they want derogatory about another, another culture. Guess what? Yeah. You're not going to be able to share the gospel with them from America because they're going to say, well, the, your church, the church is, this is what you think. 
Yeah. And my, my final thought and something that we need to think about too, and, and I wish we had more time, maybe we'll have to continue this conversation just like we need to continue the, the conversation about women in the church and, um, and sexual assault, <laughs> which hopefully you, if you're listening, hopefully you are able to listen to that episode because man, that was a, a great conversation. But, um, but for me, like, it's interesting to me how we are so eager, the churches to cancel people outside of the church. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to people within the church, as we talked about last week, Bill Hybels, Robbie Zacharias, Carl Lentz. Um, Now, Carl Lentz is probably easier for people, the conservative side, to to cancel because, well, he was kind of a progressive Christian who was willing to... Um, there's a story of him inviting a guy who was holding a beer. He said, you can come into church, hold it, I'll buy you a beer. He was like, and he bought him a beer, oh, yeah. so you come to church. Um, you know, that, that well, and, and he wouldn't speak out on uh, abortion necessarily the way that the conservatives want him to. So then all of a sudden he's, he's a liberal pastor. He's not right. Really right. So it was like, it was easier to cancel him. Not but, really one of us in the first place kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah. But Robbie Zacharias, he, you know, he, yeah. yes, I mean, he, he passed away, I get it. But at the same time, he did some crazy, gross things. People in the church, especially church leaders and especially some um, conservative um, Christian men were to say, um, you know, got to forgive them and we got to love them. And, you know, that's, you know, I mean, he's, he did so many great things and you can't, you know, it's like, I feel bad for the victim. And it's like, wait a second. We're able to cancel people in the world who've done egregious things, gross things. Yeah. When it comes to church leaders who have done gross things, we're able to go ahead and say, well, you know, pray for him because, you know, he's still God's child. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's a, it's well, a two-sided yeah. double, you know, it's like, no. It is. And it, that's just tribalism, really. I mean, it's it's like, you know, um, it's like how, you know, you, you might hate, um, you know, an anonymous criminal in the newspaper, but when that criminal is a member of your family, um, suddenly you start making excuses, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So again, that's a, I, I think that's another topic for another day, but I think that, um, you know, we have to be realizing that there's, there's, there's balance that has to be had in this cancel culture time. And the church has to own yeah. up to the things that we've, we have been canceling. And we have to own up to the fact that maybe we shouldn't be canceling anybody as a as a Christian people unless they're doing things that are completely against Christ. And a lot of times, um, those are people within the church that are meant to be canceled. Um, yeah, so I do. I do think you're right. And I guess my final word is that um, you know th- this uh, canceling people it's it's very much of the flesh. It, it's almost like something that you would do in the evolutionary sense to protect the species but whenever it's something like that you can bet that it's of your body and not of your spirit you know um because uh jesus is telling us to go against that sort of that sort of fleshly urge to go you know protect the tribe by destroying these violators you know Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where Jesus is like reaching out and healing the violators. I understand that after he heals them, he says, go and sin no more. I, that's true. That's mm-hmm. true. But wouldn't it be great to extend a healing hand to people, you know, um, praying for people saying, listen, I'm with you. And when you're ready to repent, you know, I'm, I'm ready to pray with you and, and to help keep you accountable, but go and sin no more. You know? Yeah. 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 And yeah, that's, it's good. It's good. Well, man, I, again, great, great stuff. Great conversation. Um, you know, I, I definitely, 
I, I think that this is, this is a, just, it's a weird season that we're in, I think, as a, as a society, mm-hmm. just watching people become so angry with each other and, and, and vulgar and, and hateful. Um, but I also feel like, again, it's weird to watch the church do it. It's weird to watch people within the church be a part do it. of it. Yeah, um, it is. It would not be the first time, and it won't be the last, you know. Um, but that doesn't mean that we got to sit here and accept it. You know, it's like we just can't give ourselves over to sin and say, well, I'll just wait until the world is destroyed and made new again. And we all die and are resurrected. And I get that new body. I mean, you know, till I'm finally, you know, sanctified, you know, in the great by and by it's like, I, I really believe that, you know, Jesus calls us to be Christ like now. Um, and no, we can't do it alone. I, I mean, we were never meant to. We were meant to do it as a community. We were meant to depend on God as we do it. Um, we've not been given the tools for self-righteousness at all. We've been given the tools for, you know, righteousness that comes from God and righteousness that is um, promoted and maintained by the community, you know. But I don't know. Right now, it's like it just feels like we're falling into the idiotic politics of the world um you know and you know i mean and that that unfortunately is just really rooted in some sins that you know as a culture we're we're not confessing you know right a lot a lot to work through a lot to work with and i think that um hopefully again this is something that you're listening to and saying man like this is this is challenging it's challenging me I, i mean like i I think that there's some things I'm just like, okay, here I have to continue to love and continue to move through and continue to be who I, I know God has created me to be, to, to just be mm-hmm. a peacemaker, a, a love person, a, a person who, um, an extremist for love, as we talked about before. Yeah. Um, you know, we just have to be, we have to. And when you're an extremist for love, that means that we start to give a, a crazy amount of grace and mercy and we still find a way to be engaged with people, whether we agree with them or not. Yeah. And we don't push them out just because they're different. We don't push them out because they think different, believe different, whatever, that they're still a part of something bigger. And, you know, we just have to, again, like we have to set that example. But when yeah. the, church, the one setting the example of canceling, then we can't expect the world to be any different. No, no. And I mean, the first the first Christians in America had cancel culture, man, the Puritans, you know, read the Scarlet Letter. They canceled Hester Prynne. They put people in stocks. You know what I'm saying? And they promoted the cancel the cancellation of an entire race, demoting, you know, um, Africans in the slave trade to subhuman um, so that we could, you know, um, Puritans, Puritans were for that, man, you know, yeah. Yeah. and we and, you know, um, it, you're probably familiar with uh, playwright Arthur Miller, like Death of a Salesman, The Crucible, everybody reads in high school. And he was blacklisted. And when he did that, he wrote The Crucible about the Salem witch trials. And he, and you know, of course, I, I, I read that and study that because I'm a theater teacher. And, you know, um, when we read um, Arthur Miller's notes in the beginning of that play, he, he talks about this sort of harsh way we have of um, shunning people. Um, you know, he believes we inherited that from the Puritans, you know, so there's a lot of that stuck mm. in, in our culture, you know, and, and those are the pilgrims, man, you know, 
Yeah. Well, man, um, great conversation. I love, I love these moments. I love being able to be a part of this with you. Um, you know, there's, there's just, there's so much that, that we talk about. So many things are just great. And, and I just, yeah. I enjoy just being able to pick your brain and hear your thoughts and, um, and just engage with those. So, so thank you for that. So yeah, yeah. right back at you. So, Hey, if you're, you enjoy what you're listening to again, this is the Frank it says podcast. And if you enjoy what you're listening to, please take some time to rate this podcast, uh, share it, like it, whatever, leave a comment because it really helps our podcast get out there for others to listen to. Um, again, we appreciate you listening to us uh, over, I don't know, I think it's like 60 something episodes now, which is great. Um, oh man. Okay. Yeah. So we're, we're moving in a good direction. Um, so we keep, keep producing episodes uh we won't be we won't be here next week though it is yeah. um what's well, it's my birthday so i i'm gonna be taking whoa the happy birthday so, thanks man thanks yeah I'm, exciting um, so 39 I'm, I'm, years old i have no idea 39 are you no yep, get that 30, right? yep 39 yep you got that <laughs> awesome. right. 39 yeah if you if you're following me on Facebook, you're seeing you can see some of the the top. I'm I'm giving some unwanted, un, unsolicited, unwanted advice. Um, thirty nine pieces of unwanted, unsolicited advice <laughs> for my thirty nine for my thirty nine years. And so uh, I'm sharing some random pieces of advice that uh, oh, you know, it's just fun. That's so, good. That's good. <laughs> So with that, though, again, thank you for listening to Frickus' podcast. Um, we are glad we will be back um, in a couple of weeks with a new episode. But again, um, I am your host, Bobby Benavides. And I am Jared St. Martin Brown. We are glad that you came to listen to Frickus' podcast, and we will talk to you later. Bye.